Hello everyone, welcome to a single tree podcast. This is episode number 14. Today we're going to talk about reconciling paradox. And uh, last last episode we talked about the value of paradox and the, um, the value of, you know, being confused and being able to grow from that. We want to welcome you today. I'm Joel. And I'm Brandon. Good morning. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing okay this morning. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Good? Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe good. Sure. Yeah. Some good and some bad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think, uh, you know, we'll get back into a little bit of the, you know, the nature of paradox, but... um, you know, a good way to think about paradox is just, you know, when there's when there's two apparently opposite things that seem to be true at the same time, then you've encountered a paradox. For instance, um, I would say, and we've talked about this a little bit this morning, is that um, life sometimes seems to be meaningful and meaningless at the same time. Mm. We... Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we do are kind of passing in nature. You know, the things that we create sometimes with our lives or do with our lives are not going to be around forever. And yet the creating of them sometimes seems so meaningful to us. Yeah. <laughs> I think in our conversation earlier, um, that resonates with me um, m- more and more as... Uh, I just live this life and spiritually, especially um, for the last year or so, there's been kind of this paralyzed feeling, not, not, mm-hmm. not, not frozen, not mm-hmm. stagnant, not angry, not that I haven't been able to be creative in some ways. But I think on a spiritual level, there have been, there has been this difficulty with being um, paralyzed in the paradox a little <laughs> bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great phrase. I feel like spiritually, I've gotten to this place where you know ha- happiness is pretty relative and. The pursuit of that is not uh, as important as it was to me in the beginning of my life mm-hmm. because I see through that now, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I go deeper into just kind of the the reality of that, there may be this creative energy that wants to um, continue forward with things or, um, do this or that, mm-hmm. um, things that I, you know, develop or create things that I might be passionate about. But, um, it's been difficult for me because there's this other part that's says, well, you know, yes, you could do that, but in the end it, it doesn't matter or, um, mm-hmm. you could do that, but it's not, 
it's not going to make you happy. And so mm-hmm. that's I think, the point. Exactly. And so I think on this really, really deep and very subtle level, there's been this me being kind of paralyzed mm-hmm. in the paradox. Mm. That's the paradox of meaning and meaninglessness at the same time. Yeah. So I think this, you know, last week's discussion and um, this morning's talk has um, made that even more conscious. I think I've been conscious mm-hmm. of it on, mm-hmm. on, on, on some level because I've been wrestling with it. But that's all I've been doing yeah. Yeah. is is wrestling and going back and forth. And yeah. that, I think, can be a really good example of how one could say that that's happening in all of this, mm-hmm. all of the time, mm-hmm. on some level, but we're not really conscious of it. And I'm kind of reminded of when... You asked me last week about, well, what, what would you suggest for people to go deeper into this? And I said, maybe consider that this is happening to them mm-hmm. on a deep level and to work on waking up to that. Well, Just becoming aware of it. What's really funny is that, you know, that's, I said that, but I don't, I'm not necessarily, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that I wasn't real conscious of that that was really happening with me. You this know, paradox within yeah. you. So it's like it's come full circle this morning, which is a yeah. nice little treat. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> a treat for you. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's happening in, in everyone. And I think... Mm-hmm. That's there's just been this low level, subtle kind of maybe tension or malaise. Not, mm-hmm. not, it's not a depression. It's not that I haven't mm-hmm. lived, you know, mm-hmm. um, well day to day or been mm-hmm. vacant in my relationships or even in my work. I've been engaged and been able to engage in 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 passionate ways but still there was this very very subtle and deep kind of tension Mm -hmm. and malaise there Mm -hmm. yeah just the struggle to to hold this paradox of you know feeling like your life is meaningful or whatever you're creating or doing in your life is meaningful and yet meaningless at the same time that's a that's a good paradox you know so as we talk about becoming aware of these paradoxes and just you know there's there's no way to really reconcile that uh when you when you think about reconciling it cognitively it doesn't you know it's not it's not going to make sense you don't have to choose one or the other and and stay there you you have to actually behold that paradox and that's what we're talking about today is just how you can do that in a way that's not paralyzing, but is um, maybe life-giving and, and can you can retain creativity in it. And maybe what we can also talk about is how we can cultivate more of a deeper awareness of, when this, of how this is happening in us mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. which is tricky. Yep, it is. So when you, uh, when you're, you know, 
sort of sitting with or holding space for a paradox like this. Um, I want to just point out kind of uh, the position that you're in, okay? Because um, when you're when you're holding a paradox or beholding a paradox, um, then you actually become kind of the third leg of the stool, or you know, the third leg of a, a triangle, as some people would say. Um, and so, uh, you know, and that's a, and that's an important position to be in. Um, some other examples of uh, triangles would be if you're mediating conflict um, or if you're trying to make a decision and you see two options <clears throat> before you and you can kind of weigh the benefits of the, and the risks of them, you, you then become um, kind of this third party perspective, even in your own decision. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we could just talk about um, mediating conflict because that's kind of the easiest one of the easier ways to conceptualize paradox you know so it's a lot in our kind of our political climate right now you know there's this uh, kind of tension between liberals and conservatives um, for instance and um, that's a tension that's always been present in our modern modern political climate um, but it's you know it's even more polarized now and and uh you know there's everyone feels like they need to pick a side right and yet i think there are maybe even more people um than ever who um stand in the middle of the tension or in the middle of the conflict um, or you could just think about it in terms of mediating conflict between two people um you know if you're the one who's who's in the middle trying to help facilitate the discussion about um, some certain tension point um, then you you then become kind of the holder of the tension um, and I think that's very similar to what we experience in paradox and and you know I think it's good if maybe we just talk a little bit about how to do that you know it's like we're saying you, it's not maybe helpful to pick a side then it's, it's even more helpful to not pick a side and to well, just hold the tension <clears throat> right because that's where the that's where the information comes mm -hmm. that's how the information comes what do you mean what information are you talking about well if we th if we think of any object you know um, like if you're if you're holding a, a Rubik's cube in your hand, right? Mm -hmm. The longer you hold it, it's more likely that you're going to understand its complexity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The longer you hold it. Mm -hmm. But if you hold that Rubik's cube only for 10 seconds and put it down, then mm. you only get a fraction of that understanding. Ah, uh, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I cannot do a Rubik's Cube, so maybe I need to hold it for yeah. longer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe I've messed with it too much. I just need to like stare at it and study it. Yeah. You can that's kind of what you're talking about, right? You can study you can study it and kind of encounter it and, and take in 
its qualities and complexity. Exactly. You um, you need to be with it, and mm, be with it. You need you need to be with the essence of of kind of what what you're holding to understand mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Beyond, you know, there's going to be this cognitive process, you know, uh-huh. but uh-huh. after a while, that just becomes redundant, and then all that's, you know, what, what, yeah. what's important is that we sink deeper into, you know, into a deeper process of of the essence. You know, yeah. there are, um, you know, there are people who who are masters at doing that mm-hmm. you know there are, are people who are masters at at doing that when you you talk about different cultures and and different um vernaculars of 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 healing work you know there are, are people that um you know in south america for example you know people who work with plants that imbibe the essence of a plant why mm-hmm. to understand it mm-hmm. to understand its complexities and mm-hmm. on on a level of essence well and they're not uh, they're not just studying it from a scientific um method standpoint it's uh they, they are actually experiencing it exactly uh, be, being in it exactly so um, being able to to be mm-hmm. paradox kind of it seems like the whole, the longer we're able to hold paradox paradox is ju- basically going to help us or mm-hmm. encourage us to or require us to shed that layer of the cognitive process of it and go deeper into mm-hmm. just reckoning on an es- essence kind of level yeah essence is a good word there uh, I think about our, our help with mediating conflict. I'll go back to that with, with couples, for instance. And, you know, there's this tendency or this kind of temptation to jump in and analyze the situation and, you know, sort of, you could think of it as determining who is right or, and wrong. Um, or you could think of, you know, uh, being able to fully analyze and cognitively understand the paradox that's before you or the tension or the conflict or all of the sides of the argument, for instance. Um, but, you know, similar to what you're saying, it's maybe more helpful to just sit with it um, and, and kind of imbibe or, or take in everything that's, that's happening. And, and um, you know, probably too quickly we, we jump in and, and try to solve the problem or you know, take a side or, or make a determination. Um, you know, that, that's one of the temptations for, um, for help people who are trying to help people mm. is just to, to not be patient enough, um, to jump in too early to, to make some unequivocal statement about what needs to be done or, or what is right or what is true even yeah. in the situation. And, uh, you can, stop being helpful really quickly yeah what you're doing that yeah what you're saying is that especially in you know kind of the helping profession if we haven't cultivated this ability to hold paradox with people then um 
basically were operating off of limited information mm-hmm. because yeah. you know if if you go off of the the perspective that if you're if you're container for holding paradox is bigger if you can hold paradox longer mm-hmm. then you're getting more information but mm-hmm. if we haven't cultivated that ability then we're operating really off of yeah limited you, constricted you can always yeah you can always get more information you know and and this isn't to say that there isn't a point to make a decision because there is a point that at which you need to make a decision or or you know, it might just be sort of uh, apparent that it's time to make a decision. Um, so, so it isn't that we all need to go around being indecisive necessarily, or um, you know, w- withholding, uh, asserting our will even at times. Um, especially with you know, simpler decisions are are a little bit easier to make. You know, like what you're going to eat for lunch is not 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 that big of a deal really so not a whole lot of paradox so you don't need to hold paradox about where you should go for lunch although you know (laughs) you you might encounter that you know and and but it's a good maybe a good place to practice you just would be able to do it a little bit quicker hopefully um you know the more complex a situation the more necessary it becomes to sort of just sit with something with the paradox of it and uh take it in Mm. and and hold the paradox and and especially when you're trying to you know if you're trying to reconcile two people who are resentful and and hate each other you know it may take longer to just sort of sit with that the tension to hold the tension and help them learn about each other but if there's no one you know if there's no one there to help facilitate reconciliation between two opposing sides then how will it ever happen you know they will just continue to beat one another into the ground or be just be at war right right Um, and so it's an important position to have to be the third leg of the triangle or the third leg of the stool if you want to think about it that way and and uh you know even just with your own decisions it's it's um you you can you can hold paradox and be kind of the third um, perspective, and uh, in that way, kind of travel through through the paradox and find some creative third way mm-hmm. to go. That's yeah. that's what we're talking about. It's, there's so many different applications here. Sure. Well, and it you know it's just it it, it, it on a real on a real basic level, you know the. The paradox helps us get information and, mm-hmm. you know, the more information we have, the more informed our perspective is, the more aware we are. If we're operating more out of awareness, we're, we're operating on a higher plane, I think probably. So and I really am starting to think of, of you know, paradox is always happening in us mm-hmm. and so hmm. if we can if we can consider that and start maybe looking for it or paying attention to how that mm-hmm. is manifesting in us and on what level because mm-hmm. it's not like paradox only 
manifest in our consciousness on one level where we're just agitated all the time you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it can look like that for sure but there are our levels that it's operating on Mm -hmm. on in in our consciousness so it's for me this this realization that it was happening on this real subtle deep level Mm -hmm. was important learning for me But there's no way I was would able would be able to get that realization or that awareness unless I was able to be conscious of and aware of the paradox that was happening on a more super superficial or conscious mm-hmm. level. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what what is what exactly are you talking about there? The what's the deep level and what's the superficial level? Well, you know. I think consciously I've I've it's been important for me to grow my container or my ability to hold paradox um for some time now uh-huh. and whether that be with my work with people or just in my own life um whether that be the paradox of um do I live this way or you know what are my values though that's more of kind of like a conscious uh-huh. process yeah. The surface, exactly. That's where it is on the surface. And so, you know, my my willingness to 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 hold the tension of those paradoxes and learn from them has helped me discover even like a deeper level of how paradox is alive mm-hmm. in my consciousness. That's trickier to identify and flesh out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What is it on the deeper level? What is it like? At the deeper level, can you explain it? Well, it's like yeah, earlier on in our talk, you know, um, just just this paradox of just kind of ex- existence, seeing seeing how meaningful things are, and at the same time, seeing the meaninglessness. I mean. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think that affects your decision making probably on the surface? Sure. Every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's, why do you think, uh, I mean, what's, do you have a conclusion? <laughs> do you, do you think it's important to go on doing things? <laughs> uh, yes, I think <laughs> where I'm at right now is just you know it's um, it's about how you're doing hmm. the things. Hmm. Yes, you know, it's not about do I or don't I. It's about what I think I'm learning, right, through holding this paradox and getting more and more information is it's about how, how you're doing yeah. whatever it is, you know. Yeah, so, so you haven't necessarily decided whether life is meaningful or meaningless. It's both. Right. And, but, but understanding that that paradox is active, you can do things in a different way. Yeah, I I don't I'm way past 
the idea that I need to believe that life is meaningless or all everything is meaningful, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's I'm way past that point, mm-hmm. but I am. I do know that those have to, those have to hold equal importance for me. As long as those, mm. as long as those two opposites are plugged in, mm-hmm. they're essentially giving me all of the information okay. that I need. It's almost like being in the woods in the dark mm-hmm. and not being able to see very much and then turning a flashlight on and seeing mm-hmm. all of the woods in, in, in the surrounding area, holding the mm-hmm. paradox of the meaninglessness and the meaningful at the same time allows me to kind of turn this flashlight on to learn more about, to get more information about just reality. So you can see better. You can see more when those, when the paradox is illuminated. You give, uh, yeah, it's an important um, thing about holding paradoxes that you, you, you have to hold each of those equally, the meaninglessness and the meaningfulness. Um, and if you hold those equally, then you have more uh, ability to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a different. It's a, that's a different kind of seeing than we're used to talking about. We usually think about seeing as you know we can see through something and and be able to analyze all the different parts of it. But actually, when we're talking about holding paradox we're, we're talking about seeing from a different place it's it's not just your analytical mind saying this is true that is true and 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 doing all this analysis of the decision or whatever's in front of you it's actually seeing from a more maybe heart-centered place or a more intuitive place i think that's an extremely good point it it has more to do with observation at this point. Uh huh. What do you mean? What do you mean observation? Well, if holding the tension of the paradox is allowing me to turn the flashlight on, it, right, in the dark woods, and so that I can see what's around me, I I have to, first before I'm I think at all, right? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? I'm looking. I'm observing. So you know, it's an observational process. Mm-hmm. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean about seeing from a deeper or seeing from a different place? Sure. You know what I mean when I say that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, what it, seem, what it seems like to me is that you're talking a little bit more about seeing more from a, a place of essence. Yeah. Yeah. Is that... Yeah, which it's not just like locked up in your brain and your analytical abilities. It's like maybe seeing from your heart, you could say that. Yeah, which is much more sensory, mm-hmm. experiential, intuitive. Observation, I think, is has yeah. much more to do with yeah. that than it does thinking and analyzing. Yeah, yeah. it's more. It's more than just... Your, your, our, our usual way of thinking about thinking, which is 
that happens in your brain. Right. So I'm going to take us to a little bit, you know, we're talking about it on a micro level in our own lives and the paradox that exists within us, but I'm going to take it a little bit to a more macro level, if that's okay. And, you know, just talk about that for, for a moment, you know, um, so, and some of this is from family systems theory. Um, you know, Mur Murray Bowen says that the, uh, his family system series says basically that the stablest unit of relationship is a, is a triangle, mm -hmm. right? And so um, when you were talking about, you know, holding the paradox of meaning and meaninglessness um, in a balanced way, hold, holding the importance of each of those as equal, that made me think of, you know, kind of forming a stable triangle if you, if you lean too far to one side or the other, the, the triangle ceases to be stable. And, you know, um, we're, we're talking about forming these triangles in a lot of different ways to help reconciliation to occur, right? So, um, you know, that the family systems theory would say, you know, when, you, when you're with, with a family or, you know, a relationship unit, it's important to try triangle yourself in in a stable way so that you can then be a reconciler hmm. maybe that's not what the family systems theory says but that's what we're talking about here is is uh you know being being a reconciler um being able to reconcile two people who are opposed or two opposing views um and that is how it starts to work on a macro level so so not only are we um, reconciling things within ourselves, we are then being able to reconcile the things that we encounter and, and you know, enter systems to be able to reconcile people, to be able to reconcile ideas, opposed ideologies, you know? So do you, do you think about that? What would you, what would you say about being able to reconcile, you know, the um, political tension that's in our country right now. <laughs> well, you have an easy answer for that. <laughs> I think you know. In in some ways, it just goes back to just the ability to hold tension. Mm. Do, you, do you do do you feel like you you're doing that for the, you know the country? <laughs> In a way, single-handedly, yes. <laughs> I'm single. If if I'm doing it single-handedly, I'm maybe not doing the best job for everyone. Sorry, America. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think I'm doing my own part. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, mm -hmm. you know. If I know that I'm just a fundamentally connected to everybody and everyone that really, mm -hmm. on an energetic level, there's, you know, no difference and we're all sharing this consciousness and I'm doing my part to hold the tension of paradox as well as I can and you are mm -hmm. and other people are, then collectively we're able to find this larger 
collectively we're able to to hold more tension for paradox right mm-hmm. which will collectively hold help us find this meta reconciliation that you're that you're talking about yeah and the idea isn't you know reconciliation isn't about this final answer to everything you know what i mean that's okay limited i think what do you mean final answer well it, reconciliation isn't okay we we've we've found the end all be all answer to to this issue no mm-hmm. the, to whatever the question is right being posed that's not reconciliation Mm-hmm. So agreement. It's not. It's not really agreement necessarily. Something different. Yeah. You know, to what degree is the agreement? How, how is you know? It's more about you know coexistence than it is agreement uh-huh. on every level. And so, but we're having we have difficulty understanding that, and that it's not agreement. Right. That we're after. Yeah. Right. Well, the right. people that want concrete and complete agreement are the ones that are having difficulty with managing and holding paradox. Yes. So, There's no doubt about that. Right. And so I know it's 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 a different experience for me to be around people who have a an easier time with with paradox mm-hmm. um as opposed to those who have a more difficult time right my experience is very different right and so you know on this meta level my holding paradox is an extremely important priority mm-hmm. for you to be a reconciler right well if you know me being a reconciler is secondary you know it takes care of itself as long as i'm just mm-hmm. focused on holding the tension of paradox that's mm-hmm. just that's just takes care of itself you don't have to take on the burden of like reconciling the country or right even two people or whatever you just I don't, have to yeah i don't want to get caught up in the identification of that all i want my identification to be is being a really good and better holder at paradox that's all I want to be identified with. The rest right. takes care of itself. You know what I mean? You can but just it, think, it of, think of it as n- not being judgmental. I mean, that's, sure. one, that's one way sure. that you can it's an expression of it. get better of, at holding. You know, and, and that's, a, that's a very practical, interpersonal thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to hold paradox, just that's what we're talking about is, you know, stop judging. Right. Everyone. Right. Everything that's in front of you. But the more, the better I get and the better you get and the better everybody gets at holding paradox and being able to hold this tension. Mm -hmm. The more it creates a, a safer space for other people. Yes. To, to live into that who are maybe struggling with it more because we're all on the spectrum, I think. Yeah. So, so we're giving everyone permission to hold paradox. And that it's, sa- right it's now. safe to do. Yeah, it's okay. Because people think that it's, that, that's on a basic level, the, the difficulty with 
holding paradox is that it, it just doesn't feel safe because you you need to stand for something and define yourself as a self sure with well, opinions and judgments and values and and there's threat there what's the threat on a basic level it's just the threat of that you don't exist or that you aren't alive that you're a non-self right uh-huh yeah that is kind of scary to think about so that you don't exist right you have i mean you have to hold on to some you know some people you know the, the, the more and more we identify with the more and more we can it feels like we exist which you know isn't really true i don't think so so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know is it is it is that what we're suggesting is that people become non-selves Mm, yes and no maybe I mean <laughs> I think I think what we're suggesting is that maybe people would open up to the paradox that we are just as much of a self as we're not okay. and, yeah. and that <clears throat> holding that holding that paradox e each end of the spectrum there mm -hmm. helps us get a wider sp perspective so that we can mm -hmm open to more and more information mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting you could um you know you could think of yourself as someone who is who's who is a reconciler you know that you're going to um focus on connection you know rather than just defining yourself by what you believe in or what you you know what you value um and so the the value actually becomes the connection like you're gonna you know triangle yourself in and and hold paradox and hold hold the tension for two people or you know opposing sides and in that way as long as you're holding the tension and trying to create a stable triangle then you hold then you are able to be connected hmm. right and mm -hmm. so um you're more defined by connection maybe than just whatever you define as your yourself and your um who who, who you are how we usually think about who you are right so and and in that way you kind of you know to go back to some earlier podcasts the language that we were using in that way you're connecting with the larger self right right and not the small self the small self is you know what you look like and and you know what your political and social um stances are and and like what you what you like to do even like that's the small self but the you know connecting with the large self is connecting with the larger consciousness which is just being connected with everything and everyone around you right which our willingness to, to be in that paradox that we're a non-self helps us open up to, well, if I'm a not a non-self, then what, what am I? And it, it, it helps us get information and experience to this larger kind of self. You could say you are part of the <laughs> larger consciousness. Right. Which includes all people. Right. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so there's this language about, you know, 
defining who is the other, which is, you know, in our, um, in our society or in our culture, when we, when we define ourselves as we and other people as them, um, you know, that's when we're starting to be kind of divisive and, and it creates this, um, conflict really, um, Mm. intention. Um, and, uh, what, what we're, part of what we're proposing is that we are all part of the same consciousness and right can be connected and it doesn't mean we have to agree like you're saying it's possible that we have opposing views and we can still be connected right which is ex- which which is itself a paradox that mm-hmm. is challenging and mm-hmm it's not that it shouldn't be challenging, right? The the challenge is actually the learning and our willingness to hold the challenge or the tension and the anxiety of it. If we're willing to do that, at least in the beginning, we may not start recognizing any benefit from that at all. But if we have just a little bit of faith mm-hmm. and and perseverance, there does seem to be this tipping point to where we start having an experience that shows us that our willingness to hold this tension and go into the challenge actually is bringing us some benefit. Mm-hmm. And then once that tipping point happens, then that kind of recontextualizes this challenge and tension anymore. It's that it's been redefined at that point, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think we're all just collectively st- struggling with that very basic experience, you know, and mm-hmm. we're all learning, we're all learning to do that better and in a, in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for us to try to. project outwardly and say well they're they're not doing a, a good job at that they this is the mistakes they're making and this is what you know this is how they need to do th- something differently we mm-hmm. have the illusion that we think that that's being helpful well it no actually isn't at all uh-huh. you know the first the most important thing we can be doing is just working to do a better job at doing that for ourselves because it creates this bigger, safer context mm-hmm. for the people who are at a different place to mm-hmm. do their work better. Yeah, it's creating safety for <clears throat> others, <clears throat> not just for ourselves. Right. You know, the small self wants safety for itself. Right. And the large self can create safety for others. Right. So, you know, if, if, if you're struggling with something, mm-hmm. I can have one or two approaches I'm sure there are more but you know I could say well Joel you're um, you're not you're not doing this Um, this is uh, limited and wrong and I could be operating from the stance of you know uh, trying to be helpful to you Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that there isn't some room for that right but The way I can be most helpful is to just work on holding paradox myself Mm -hmm. so that I can, 
so that when you are in my presence or when you're around me, it feels safe. So, so your guards are down and you are much more likely to just mm-hmm. work with your stuff because it feels safer. Yeah. So it, that's how important paradox is. Is I mean, right. it's right. amazing. Yeah. And instead of like telling me what to do or telling me that my problem is my fault or yeah, that kind of stuff, <laughs> which doesn't help. It's more, it's more helpful for you to hold the paradox with me. Right. And if I'm not doing that well, or if I haven't cultivated that, then it's going to reflect and it's going to have an influence with your ability to do that in my proximity. Yeah. So that's what it looks like on a micro level. On a macro level, Mm -hmm. it looks like the more people that are doing this, the more people that are Mm -hmm. individually focused on increasing their ability to hold paradox. It's like the hundredth monkey um, theory kind of. Have you ever heard of that? No. That for there to be a change in in behavior with a group of of monkeys, there has to be Ah. a certain percentage of the monkeys have to be doing the behavior for them. And that if, if, once that hundredth monkey is doing it, that's the tipping point. Then everybody is. Ah, that's a really helpful illustration. Right. So I kind of have that perspective on this, you know, on the, on the metal level. If, yeah, if, if you're on the same page as me and mm-hmm. we're kind of doing the similar work individually, right. And mm-hmm. collectively, right. Then, and we're doing that on a met. The more people that are doing this, the more it's going to create a safer space for other people to do their work, and it will accelerate their work. So, simply and practically, um, we're just putting forth the idea that people can be non-judgmental, um, and you know, still disagree with one another, maybe, but but hold space for paradox with one another. And if you do that on an interpersonal level in your relationships with people in your family or people that you work with, people that you encounter each day, then you will be one of the monkeys out of the hundred that can help reach the tipping point. Right. Uh huh. Because if I'm doing that well, mm-hmm. or well enough for you to feel safe in my proximity, that helps you do what you need to do, it, it, it automatically increases your ability to hold paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you and I are, are, are doing that and someone else comes into our company, what does that do? It does the same thing. It helps, it helps them feel safer and it increases their ability to hold paradox. Yeah. Then after a while, you've got a whole room full of people who are... Yeah, good. Right. Yeah, you can be inspiring to others. I want to talk a little bit about creativity here um, because, uh, you you know, I've talked about this, you know, kind of on a personal level, um, even in our relationship, you know, 
another triangle that you can create is just between yourself and one other person and maybe the solutions or what you can both create together. Um, you know, when I come to you or, or, you know, if you come to another person for help and, and they tell you exactly what to do, you know, the system between you is, is a closed system. You know, it's just, I'm asking you for something and you're giving it to me. If we take a, you know, positionally a different stance toward um, finding truth together, discovering truth together. Now we've created a triangle, right? And it opens up the system. Um, so this is where the, the idea of creating triangles is so helpful because um, if we together kind of look outward toward, you know, what is the, the most creative solution or what is it um, that we're looking to create, you know, then it opens up the system and, and there's a lot more flexibility and freedom and, and this is where this is where creativity comes in. Um, you know, back to the, the family systems theory would, would say, you know, when you have two people who are opposing one another or there's tension in their relationship, they always reach out for a third leg of the triangle mm -hmm. um, in order to stabilize themselves, but it's also maybe to develop some creativity and and then you know, once they've done that, it's sort of like there's more openness in the system. And um, I think whenever we as, as dyadic or two-person relationships kind of reach outside of ourselves, then we've created more connection. And that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about triangling. And uh, there's a lot of creativity and openness in being able to reach out, hmm. out outside of yourself, one. And then even outside of a dyadic or two-person relationship, which I just think is, is really beautiful. It's part of the creativity we were talking about when you, when you hold paradox, you know, it stops being this analytical, um, you know, dualistic approach and it starts becoming more creative. Mm. I was thinking too about, um, you know, when we, when we are trying to be creative, um, you know, some people would say there's no, there's no original thought, you know, um, that we're, we're basically just taking, uh, pieces of what we've observed others doing, you know, or, or we're kind of, um, inspired by certain other artists or, or whatever, when we're looking to create something, but um, and, and that's probably true, you know, that that's always happening. There's no um, pure originality. It's always, you know, based on what you've experienced or observed. And then you're sort of like putting something out there that's um, that's your own creation. Mm -hmm. Right. But again, it's this this triangle between yourself and your environment. But what you create is sort of the third thing that's, you know, that you that you're then putting forth which is your own creation but it's not it doesn't happen in a vacuum you've you've sort of like created something based on what you've experienced or observed before in your in your environment right but it's still it's like reaching out for something more it's this creative process i just think that's 
sort of beautiful. You think that's inherent? Our ability to do that? To create? Yeah. Or do you think it's an inherent just desire? Yes. I do. I think people are born creative. I think everyone, everyone is, is creating. You know, it's not, it's not just maybe art or, you know, as we think of visual art or, or music or, you know, cinema, it's, uh, everyone is creating their own life. You know, they're, they're sort of like, there's this creative process of taking the feedback from your environment and like producing something that's beautiful, which is just, it could be just your life narrative, your story, you know, it's, mm. it's exciting. It's, that life energy that creates is really exciting. And yeah, I think it's inherent. I think that's just what people are made to do. I think in some ways, you know, the, you know, the biological, you know, life energy that is, exists in the world is, is creative energy. Well, that's the drive of probably it's one of the, maybe the essential aspects of consciousness or even the organism is, uh-huh. you know, to create, move and create. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just like um, procreation. It's not, it's not just like propagation of more life. It's like this beauty mm-hmm. it's seeking to create beauty, you know, which is cool. So anyway, I think that's another application of the triangles that we're talking about. You know, when you're, when you can hold paradox or even be, you know, in this reconciling position with um, the tensions that exist around you, that's where there's this creative energy that springs forth from that. So then... One of the most important things we can do is learn to tolerate tension, mm-hmm. anxiety, stress, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but kind of more on a basic and accurate level. It's just this tension, right? Yes. Because then if we're holding tension well, We're less constricted. We're more open to information, connection, and creativity. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. We're more open to a wider spectrum of life. But when we're tense, we're more constricted. Mm-hmm. Even our body reflects that, doesn't it? The, yes. the, the tension of our muscles, we feel tight. And we're not as open to information mm-hmm. or creativity right to hold the paradox we don't we don't reach out for and become open to to others or to our environment right we we remain constricted or, or restricted even um, and we won't we won't grow that way but when we start to reach out for you know first we reach out to to stabilize ourselves um, and then we can also reach out into our environment to, to create to be creative right to make connections with others but then also to start creating together 
you know? But we need to feel safe first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we reach out for that safety. So when we're creating the safety for one another by holding paradox for others, then we're actually creating the ability for connection and we're creating the ability for creativity. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So maybe in the future we can we can continue to talk about how we um, you know, take these these tensions because that's that's one of the other things that we that we do is we create this this beauty from the tensions that exists in our lives. You know, um, our our pain is the deepest source of our creativity and imagination, right? And uh, as we can be in those tensions in a different way, not not feeling paralyzed, but feeling creative, then the you know, kind of the life energy that comes forth is produced out of that tension, out of these tensions that we we hold. Yeah, I think we'll be able to talk a lot off of this. We're, it seems like maybe we're on a, a pretty good trajectory here. I like this, this talking of the paradox and, and tension, so. Oh, good. 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 Well, we'll talk to you next time, everyone. We're thankful for your feedback and for just being with us in this, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.